church, we give God praise and we thank him for being an awesome God. He is worthy of all of our praise and all of our glory. And we just thank him for all that he does. Nobody like our God. And let's just give our praise and worship team, our band, another round of applause. They did an excellent job, as always. And we just thank God for them leading us in song. It is always a delight to be able to sing praises unto our Lord. Uh, because he is so good and he is worthy of all of our praise and adoration, so we thank him. I want to welcome everybody into the sanctuary. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Welcome you who are watching us via live stream. We are delighted that you chose to worship with us at Impact Church 5401 Shadow Band Place here in the Woodlands, Texas, and we're delighted that you're here with us this morning. Uh, this morning, we're going to continue uh, our worship as we've been going through Thanksgiving, and we're talking about thankfulness and the source, remembering the source and that is our Lord himself. And so we're going to be in Psalms 137 this morning, Psalms 137. Hey, I know you have your Bibles, and I want you to turn to Psalms 137 with me this morning. Uh, while you're turning to Psalms 137, a couple things I want to remind everybody is I want to thank everybody for participating with the coat drive. We exceeded the number of coats that we needed, and that is always great an impact. I just want to say thank you. Congratulations for your participation, for our outreach efforts. We always exceed. God always bless and so thank you so much for your participation with the outreach, with the co-drive. Uh, so many people are going to be blessed by that Covenant House, and we love to partner with them. Uh, one other thing I want to say to you also, Impact, we have a survey that we're going to conduct for it with uh, the members, guests, family, friends of Impact. And so we're going to send you a survey uh, via email. So we have your information. We're going to send you a survey. And please fill out the survey. We're trying to get some information because we want to make certain that as people are returning, uh, in December and also in 21 that you and uh, can have comfort as you come in if there's some concerns that we want to address you need to address because we just believe that it's imperative that we gather together collectively to worship and so we want to make certain that your children uh, feel comfortable your young people as they are coming back and you feel comfortable so we want to make certain that we do everything that we can uh, to make certain so we want to get your input on that and so we're going to have a survey that we're going to do and we want you to please make certain that you can respond to that survey as we send that survey out. And the other thing is, is that uh, we want to know about our New Year's service. We're going to have service on Christmas and New Year's uh, as we bring in the New Year. So we want to get the time. So please fill out the survey. It's a simple, short and sweet, but we want to get some of your input. So if you do that for us, we would be so appreciative and we would just be thankful for your participation there. Uh, but Psalms 37 is our text. And don't forget, we ask you every Sunday, we ask you to... Uh, send out on your social media platforms something you get from the service. Uh, make certain that you text it out to people, uh, family and friends and loved ones. Let them know, hey, I was at church at Impact Church today worshiping. And so we want to make certain that you send some of those things out. Sounds good? Uh, Psalms 137 is our text. If you would turn there with me, I guess I need to get there too. Uh, and I'm excited also about our baptism. That was great. Always fun to baptize. Uh, it's just a delight uh, because we see people being added to the kingdom of God. And so we just thank God for how he's moving and how he's blessing. Uh, Psalms 37 is our text. Would you please stand with me? And if you're at home, we want you to stand at home as well. Uh, as we read our text this morning out of Psalms 137, it's a beautiful song. Um, Psalms are so rich, uh, the material, the literature, and uh, it is uh, just wonderful to read. It's so inspiring and encouraging. And so we're going to read a few verses out of Psalms 137, then we're going to dive into the text. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion upon the willows in the midst of it. 
we hung our harps. For there our captors demanded of us songs, and our tormentors mirth say, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget her skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. You may be seated. Father God, we thank you and we love you. Uh, we give you praise. We give you glory. And Lord God, we give you honor because you deserve it. And Lord God, we thank you just for another privilege and opportunity to be in the sanctuary. We thank you, Lord God, for how you have done so many wondrous things in our lives. Lord, as we look into your word today, we want you to speak. Lord, we want you to move. We want you to have your way. And Father, we want you to remove anything that will seek to block us from hearing from you. Lord, we want to make certain that our minds and hearts are fixed upon you and you alone. And Lord, for that, we will give you praise. We will give you the glory and we will give you the honor that you so richly deserve. We love you. We thank you. And we ask it all in the mighty and majestic name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Alexandra Ma, writing for Newsweek, wrote an article about the social credit system that China is seeking to implement. And in her writing, she was outlining the fact that China was trying to implement a social credit system starting back in 2014, whereby they analyze and evaluate their citizens based upon their behavior in a social context. Not only how they operate in the context of the society as they live, but also in their social media, media activity as well. They had set up a system whereby they would grade, they would score citizens in China based upon how they conducted themselves in their daily lives and their interaction with one another, but also their interaction on social media platforms when they're on the internet. And so what happened is when people would smoke in public in an area that was not designated for smoking, they would receive a diminished number of credits. When people would be caught drinking and driving, their credit score would diminish. If you were caught acting belligerent or being obscene in the public, your social credit score also would diminish. When you're online, if you searched for things that were against the Chinese regime, they would diminish your score. If you post information that was against the Chinese government or you said something negative, you didn't seem patriotic, they would diminish your social score. And if your score was diminished, there were certain repercussions that could potentially happen to you. Such things as you wouldn't be able to obtain some jobs and you wouldn't have access to employment at certain locations. They would take your puppy away from you. You wouldn't have access to your dog and your pet. Uh, you would have your internet access throttled down. The speed would be diminished. 
your children wouldn't get into some of the finer schools. There were so many repercussions if you did not socially behave according to the dictates of the communist regime. But the opposite would also happen if you did. If you would post things that were favorable, if you would post their creed, if you would say something that was flattering, uplifting about the leaders, if you would download speeches from the leaders, then your credit, social credit score would increase. But it was all based upon how you respond to the regime that they would rank your social status and it would determine what privileges and what benefits you would be the recipient of. I'm so glad today that our God does not have a social credit score that he grades us by, that he maintains, that he keeps to make certain that he extends his grace and his love to us. Anybody glad of that this morning? I'm glad that God doesn't have a social credit system. Because if God had a social credit system, we would not be able to express. We would not be able to verbalize some of the internal dispositions that we possess and some of the feelings that are in the depths of our soul. Psalms 137 this morning is a psalm that speaks to the condition of a people who are not feeling very thankful. We have been going through this month of November the importance of being thankful and the attitude of gratitude. And, and we've been asking you for 18 days leading up to Thanksgiving. And we ask you to list the things that you're thankful for. And I hope that many of you have been participating with that and you've been listing the things that you're thankful for. But, but one of the things that I am certain of is this, as I read my Bible, as I live the Christian life, that we are all not at the same place on this Christian journey. We're at different levels of maturity. We're at different stages in our progression as we are progressing in our sanctification. Yes, we've been justified, but in sanctification, we are progressing and we are at different levels. And so I'm certain that as we were doing the list, there is somebody who said, Roche, I just want to let you know, I don't feel like doing a list of the things I'm thankful for. There was somebody who said, I'm not excited about the season of life that I'm in. I'm going through some adversities here and I don't quite see how I can give thanks in the condition that I'm in. And you just did not want to give God praise. I want to let you know you're in good company. And I want to let you know that you're not by yourself. You're not the first and you definitely won't be the last. There will always be those of us when we get in different seasons, we just don't feel thankful and we don't want to sing the praises of God because we feel that we're in a season that is downright unfair, cruel, and we wish things would change. I want to give you something this morning. I want to let you know I have a word of encouragement for you because in Psalms 137, it's a great text. We're going to see it here. The psalmist is recording the words of the people of Israel. 
He's recording what was really in their heart. You see, so often in life, we never reveal how we truly feel. Stay with me now. Stay with me, Patty. Stay with me. But the Psalms are an expression of the deep and heartfelt emotions of the people. Dillard and Longman says it this way. They said, poems and narratives do more than inform our intellect. Rather, they arouse our emotions and appeal to our will and stimulate our imagination. I like that. That's why probably over 37% of the Old Testament, it is written in poetry according to Folkman. 37% of the Bible is poetic. It is written in this beautiful language and literature so that it speaks to the heart of men and women. The poetical books focus on the experiences of the people as well as the importance of a life of godliness. And that's why Worry Bray describes the poetical books. He says, he says, he describes them as a source of spiritual refreshment and private devotion. Equally part of public collective worship by both Jewish and Christian believers throughout the centuries. He said the Psalms reflect the internal disposition of the people seeking to serve a holy God. I like that because it gives us what was really in their mind and their heart. It was expressed and it was revealed and it was recorded in the Psalms. The Psalms are written dating back almost to the Bronze Age in 16 to 1200 B.C. And in certain regards, many of us today, we don't quite grasp. It is alien to the modern reader of what the Psalms are saying, but in spite of the historical gap, they have been a treasury of faith to be drawn on for the very encounters in life by offering expressions to every disposition of the believer from near despair to the serenity that finds its outlet in praise and thanksgiving. I like that. Because the psalm speaks to us when we're in despair, when we're in desperation. When we're in the mire, when we're in the hard place. The psalms speak and they reveal what other people said when they were in the same condition. Psalms are words expressing the intimate lines of communication between the creator and the creature. Poetic psalms are distinct from the narrative literature of the Torah and the historical books which delineate the origin and evolution of the nation of Israel. Rather, the psalms delve into what Kohelet refers to as life under the sun. That's Solomon when he was writing Ecclesiastes. I like what Robert Prothero says, listen to this, listen closely. He says, in the Psalms is painted for all time in fresh, unfading colors, the picture of the moral welfare of man, often baffled by yet, watch this, I'm sorry, I messed up. Let me start over here. He says, often baffled yet never wholly defeated, struggling upward to all that is best and highest in his nature, always aware how short of the aim falls the attempt. How great is the gulf that severs the wish from its fulfillment. He says, that's the song. He, he said, we're striving, we're trying to get there, but sometimes we fall short. Listen to what else he says. 
He says, in the Psalms, we do not find the innocent converse of man with God in the Garden of Eden. If we did, the book would for our fallen natures lose its value. On the contrary, it is the revelation of a soul deeply conscious of sin, seeking in broken accents of shame and penitence and hope to renew personal union with God, heart to heart, thought to thought, and face to face. I like that. Why do you like it, Roche? Because in the Psalms, we see humanity come before God with their thoughts, with their hearts, face to face, expressing what is really in their minds. When was the last time you really revealed what was in your heart and mind? When was the last time you spoke the truth of how you felt? In fact, so often we never do. We are chameleons and we conceal and we never reveal the true nature of what is in our heart. But the Psalms, they do it. And you know what? There's nobody diminishing them because of a social credit score when they speak what is in their heart. Can you imagine being transparent with loved ones and being able to really say how you feel. Psalms 137, they come before God and they express to God exactly how they feel. They tell him what is in their heart and they say, we don't feel like praising God. We don't want to be thankful. We don't want to acknowledge that he's been good because there's so much that's happening to us and we don't see anything good coming out of this. Have you ever been there? Have you been in a situation where you're looking around and you're thinking to yourself, how can I sing a song? How can I give God praise? How can I lift my hands in adoration? Because it doesn't look good to me. This is not a good situation. Well, if you've been there, let me tell you something. Stay with me because I'm going to give you some hope out of Psalms 137 this morning. Stay with me. The Psalms are littered with laments and cries of people. In Psalms 13, he says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? He asked the question because he's in his dilemma and it seems like heaven is silent. Like God does not hear and that nobody is responding to his cry. And so he asked God, he says, how long? He says, consider and answer me, O Lord, verse 3. He says, my enemy will say, I have overcome him. You ever been there? You felt like your enemies are advancing. God has forgotten. Psalms 27, 9 through 10. He says, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. Do not abandon me nor forsake me. Oh, God of my salvation. Have you ever felt abandoned in life? Have you ever looked around and said the people who I thought would stand with me shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm, would be right there to support me. The one would hold me up in truth and honor and dignity. They abandoned you and you felt like you were all alone. Have you ever been there? The Psalms speak to that condition. Psalms 44, 24 through 25. Why do you hide your face and forget our affliction and our oppression? 
for our soul has sunk down into the dust. Our bodies cleave to the earth. He said, we are ebbing away. Psalm 69 and 17, he says, and do not hide your face from your servant. He says, for I am in distress. Answer me quickly. Have you ever been in distress? Needed a distress signal trying to get a sign to God to see you. I'm convinced that there is the, con that is the condition of a lot of people in our society today. They're saying, Lord, I'm in distress. I feel like I'm in dire straits and I need you to hear my plea and the cry of my heart. And some of us are suffering in silence. Yeah. And oftentimes there's nobody we share it with. But I'm convinced we have a God that we can come before and we can speak to him heart to heart, thought to thought, and face to face. Point number one this morning is going to be this. How can we sing? How can we sing? The nation of Israel asked that question to their captors. Oh, you got to see this. Now watch this. Let me set it up for you. Got to give you the setting. Israel finds themselves in exile. They are in a foreign country. And while they're in this foreign country, the people who have captured them and now transported them to Babylon, they ask them because they know how Israel sings. Israel is known for their singing. A lot of the psalms, that's what they are. They're songs of praise and adoration to their God. So the Babylonians who have conquered them and captured them have taken them to their land and now they say, hey, we've heard you guys sing. Sing us some songs. Entertain us. Can you imagine someone taking you forcefully from your home, taking you to their home and then get you there under duress? You can't leave. And then they say, sing me a song. You're looking at them like. <laughs> yeah, that right there that came to your mind. That's what you're thinking in your mind. Can't verbalize it, but you're thinking it. And that's how the nation felt. They said, how can we sing in a foreign land? Look at the text real quick. I want you to see something out of this text. Next, we're by the rivers. Number one, they're weeping. So if they're weeping, you know there's no joy. And he says, we remember Zion. Up on the willows in the midst, they said, we put our hearts down. You're asking me to sing and you have to always remember that singing was always associated with a merry heart. We sing and we listen to music because it lifts up our disposition and our countenance. Singing emanates from a heart of gladness and joy. And that is why in the Old Testament, King David implemented singers to sing the psalms of thanksgiving. And when they offered thanksgiving to God, they would sing songs and they would sing these songs because it was celebratory. It was a time to remember what God had done. And so singing is always associated with two things, praise and thanksgiving. And you can add a third, worship. 
And so now they are in exile, taken from their, for, their land to a foreign land, and their captors say, you want to take me to a foreign land? You have mistreated me, and now you ask me to sing a song? How can we sing in a foreign land? were weeping. They hung up their harps because they said, we don't want to play any music. The harps were made for the melody. They said, we don't want to sing because we're sad. Our countenance is low. Our disposition is in dire straits. In fact, let me show you this. Stay with me. Don't you hear this? When you find yourself in the foreign land you have to refocus your gaze. When you find yourself in the foreign land, you have to refocus your gaze. Now, don't miss that. I'm going to tell you why. Watch. Israel is in this foreign land. But the thing they missed is, is that God is with them in the foreign land. See, I don't care where you and I go, we can never go away from the presence of a God, good God that we serve. Anybody know that? I don't care how rough, how egregious the situation may be, you and I can never get away from the loving God who has saved us and redeemed us and called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We can never get away from God. They are there in Babylon, but they missed two or three things I want to show you real quick. First of all, they forgot what Jeremiah had told them. In Jeremiah 29, 4 through 9, Jeremiah had already told them that you were going into exile. But what did Jeremiah tell them? He says, God wants you to go there, seek the betterment of the country and the people who have taken you captured. He says, I want you to build houses. I want you to marry let your children marry. I want you to also have crops, cattle. He said, I want you to prosper right there in Babylon. So what did God do? God strategically put them right by the Tigris and Euphrates rivers so that they could have water to make certain that their crops would grow, to make certain that their cattle would provide it for. God blessed them right there in a foreign land because God is good no matter what context we find ourselves in. Yes, it is. Oh, it's beautiful. Listen, listen, listen. They did not redirect their focus. And maybe you this morning walked in here, and maybe you're watching via live stream. You're saying, Roche, I'm in a foreign land. I, I can't thank God. I don't want to give God praise. I can't sing this. You put your harp away. But let me tell you something. You can still praise God in a foreign land. Let me see if I can unpackage it this way. Watch this. If you look in verse 4, they ask the rhetorical question, how can we praise? How can we sing? Because singing, remember we said, is synonymous with praise, worship, and thanksgiving. In a foreign land. If you look at the Hebrew term that's used for foreign, it's nakar. He used the noun in Psalms 137.4 to talk about foreign, 
But if you look in Isaiah 28 and 21, he used the adjective. In Isaiah 28, 21, he says, God arose to do his strange slash foreign work. What was the strange and foreign work of God? It was judgment. In Isaiah 28, 21, he is getting ready to judge some nations and his wrath is going to come forth. But the thing we forget is, is that our God loves us so that when God does his judgment, when God display his wrath, that is not the character and nature of our God. That is foreign to our God because our God is characterized by love. He's characterized by joy, by peace, by patience, by forgiveness, by long suffering, by faithfulness, by his loving kindness. That's who our God is. And so whenever he is doing the thing of judging, it is foreign. It is other to God. That does not characterize who he is. Strange. Adam and Eve were the first to go to a foreign land. God placed them in the Garden of Eden. Stay with me. You're going to don't miss this. This is key. He placed them in the Garden of Eden. Gave them rules and instructions. They ate from the fruit of the tree that he had forbidden them to eat from. And all of a sudden they find themselves trying to flee and run. Why are they fleeing and running? They're fleeing and running because they have these strange emotions of Fear, guilt, and shame. How did they know they were naked? They never knew they were naked and nude until they disobeyed God. Now these new emotions come in their psyche, in their mind because of what? It is foreign to them. Before, they didn't know nakedness. They didn't know fear, guilt, and shame. Those things came as a result of disobedience. And so now they are running and fleeing fearful and afraid. Why? Because they are now in a foreign and a strange land. Watch this. The foreign and strange land is not a geographical location, but it's a disposition of the mind. Do, do you hear me? I, I don't think you heard me. Listen, the foreign land is not a geographical location, but it is the disposition of the mind. The garden where they were, Adam and Eve, did not change. They were still there, but their mind about sin, about the nudity, about guilt, shame and fear, that's what changed. So it was the mind that changed, not their geographical location. And so they were in a foreign land because they were feeling foreign and strange emotions. Do you realize that the nation of Israel, Psalms 137, that those individuals, though they were on foreign soil, should have recognized that the God that they serve is able to bless, keep, provide for, and watch over them right there in Babylon next to the rivers, and he can bless them. And he'll do the same thing for you. Maybe that doesn't resonate with you. Let me see if I can give you an illustration. You all remember in the Gospel of Luke, uh, the Gospel of Luke records a story about two boys and a father. They call him the prodigal son, but I call it the prodigal sons, plural. There were two boys in the story. 
one father. He loved them. The one boy said, Dad, give me my stuff. I'm going party. I want to go out and have a good time. He went to a foreign country. But there was one boy stayed right there with the dad. Two boys. But let me tell you something. The boy who stayed right there with the dad, his heart was so far from the dad. His heart was so unloving, so uncompassionate, not kind, not forgiving. But he stayed on the same soil, but his mind was far from the father. Roche, how do you know? Because when his brother came back, smelling like wine, women, and the world, he couldn't forgive his brother. He didn't want to accept him back. And see, that's how I know that the foreign country, the foreign land is not a geographical location. Baby, it's a disposition of your mind. You can be right there in the same place and be in bondage because you have not allowed the word of God to soften up your heart. You can change your location. You can put your feet on any soil. But if you don't change your mind about the God that you serve, you will still be in the foreign land and not understand that God can bless you in season out of season. God can bless you no matter who comes against you. You have to understand that the foreign land is not a geographical location. <laughs> those boys, those boys were part. And their hearts were part as well. Because when the boy come back, geographically he was back, but his heart was back on the soul of his father way before his body got there. Y'all don't hear me this morning. Impact, you don't hear me this morning because I'm going to tell you something. I know you don't have to tell me. You don't have to say it. You don't have to get up and pronounce it. You don't have to write it down. I know with a crowd of this size, with people watching this via live stream, there are some people who don't feel thankful. You put your heart down. You've laid your Bible down. You don't get on your knees to pray. You don't lift your hand in adoration. You're not smiling. There's no joy in your heart. There's no singing upon your lips because you feel that you're in a foreign land. But I want to let you know, if you can redirect your gaze, if you can get a glimpse of the God that we serve, you will understand. It doesn't matter where you're are you just got to praise God anyway and wait upon the Lord to renew your heart don't feel bad about feeling and asking the question how can I sing it's all right because let me tell you something if everyone was honest with you they would have to tell you that they've been in the season they've been in that valley They've been in that cave. They've been in that den. They've been in that moment where they felt, I just can't give him what he deserves. I don't want to. But oh, the day came when God reached down and took them out of the miry clay and put them on a rock. And they said, I was able to give him the glory that he deserved. Yes. We all get to the seasons and times where we can't sing. That's where Israel was. They couldn't do it. Maybe you're there today. I just want to encourage your heart. Hey, no, you're not by yourself. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. The, the road is cluttered and littered with individuals who have come to the place and say, Lord, how can I sing in this foreign land? 
But the one thing I love about this Psalms is that they didn't stay in the foreign land. And you won't stay in the foreign land. You got to know that. You might be there now. Your countenance might be low. But let me tell you something. You won't stay because God will not let you and allow you to stay in the foreign land. The father is always seeking and looking for those he can bring back home. Just like the father was in Luke when he was looking for those boys. He was looking for that boy. He knew he was his body was in the foreign land, but he didn't know that his mind had already come home. Now he wanted his body to catch up with the mind and he was looking for that boy. He was waiting for him. He seeks, he looks, he longs for us to come from the foreign land in our minds. Look what he says. Look, look, look. I'm almost done. We're going to be out of here. The last two verses here, we get the answer. And I don't want you to miss this. We see they ask, how can we sing all those questions? And we're going to see how they're going to get to the place where they're able to sing. Because they were able to move the things that tried to hinder them from singing. And you have to move them too. Let me give you this real quick. Seven things real quick I want you to see. That will hinder you from being able to sing your songs. Real quick, seven things. One of the key things that would do it is abandonment. Abandonment. Paul was abandoned by demons in 2 Timothy 4.10. Paul says, demons abandoned me. He loved this world more than he loved the Lord. And if anybody's ever felt abandoned by someone, you know what I'm talking about. Many of us have had people we thought would stand with us, but they abandoned us. Or number two, they betrayed us. There's nothing like betrayal. David was betrayed by his son, Absalom. Absalom betrayed David and that hurt David because David loved that boy. And in Psalms 55, he says, for it is not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, then I could hide myself from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, and my familiar friend who had sweet fellowship together. We walked in the house of God in the thrones. He said, that's who did this to me and betrayed me. And if you've ever been betrayed by somebody, I'm going to tell you something. It may make you feel like you're in a foreign land. But remember, God is still on the throne. Job with Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. His friends came from a fort to encourage Job when he went through his dilemma. He lost his, his kids. He lost his economics. He lost everything. He lost his physical health and then they come and Job listen to what they say and in Job 16 too he says you guys are worthless counselors. You guys are worthless. Come here criticizing me. You don't know the facts. He says you're worthless. He felt abandoned and betrayed by his friends. You can see Job 4, 19, 14. What about your help? All of us, we're not where we used to be. Get out of the bed, bones, click, clack. I jumped, but not as high as I used to. Maybe over a sheet of paper. 
Our health fails us. Isaiah 38, 1, Hezekiah. Isaiah comes to him and announces to him, say, hey, Hezekiah, get your house in order. You're going to die. And some of you, you had business with doctors and you've heard things in your health. And if you're not careful, that pronouncement will take you to a foreign land. You say, Lord, I, I can't thank you and praise you in this because, Lord, I'm, I'm not understanding. I've been living. I've been faithful. God, how can, Lord, it, how could you allow this to happen to my spouse, to my child? How could it happen? Lord, how could this Health condition, Lord, I don't understand. I don't want to praise you. Don't let the pronouncement take you to the foreign land. Look at number five, four and five. Death. There are people who die in our lives, our loved ones, people who we're close to. And around these holiday seasons, it is difficult. You have traditions you've established. People you go and visit. And if you're not careful, it'll take you to the It'll take you to a place where you start saying, Lord, I don't want to worship you. If you recall Ezekiel, Ezekiel's wife, she was ready to die. Matter of fact, God let him know he says, she's going to die. He told him, he says, don't mourn. I don't want you mourning when she dies. He wouldn't let him mourn when his wife died. He said, the person, that beloved person, he says, she's going to die. He says, don't mourn her. He said, why wouldn't God let him mourn? Because God was making an object lesson in Ezekiel 24, 15 through 25, 4, and he didn't want him to mourn the death of his wife. Naomi, when she goes from Bethlehem, she loses her husband, Elimelech. Then she loses both of her sons. And Naomi said, don't you call me Naomi. She said, call me Mara. She said, I'm bitter and I'm bitter about what has happened. And I don't want to hear nothing about church. I don't want nobody to call me and pray for me. I'm not praying. I'm not singing. I'm not thanking God. I'm not worshiping because I'm bitter about my situation. Yeah. Death had taken Naomi there. Because she was depending on her husband. When she lost him, she said, I got my boy. She was depending on her boys, and she's bitter. And if you're not careful, it would take you to a foreign land mentally. And I want to encourage your hearts. If you're there, keep looking. Redirect your gaze to the God who's able to meet you. David lost two children. Joshua and Israel lost Moses. These all things are capable to take us to the foreign land. People we look to who gave us guidance, mentors, life coaches. People who spoke in our lives and we lose them. Slander. I want you to see that. Number five, slander. Someone say something negative and disparaging about you. And you get bitter and angry. You don't want to give God praise. Joseph found himself there with Potiphar's wife. Joseph did not approach that woman. He can truly say, I never touched her. He's accused. She lies. And Joseph is taken and incarcerated because she slandered and lied on him. Maybe some of you today say, I've been lied on. I know I didn't. I'm innocent of this. 
and you're bitter and angry, you don't want to give God praise, let me tell you something. Don't let it take you to the foreign land. Siege and famine. Economic devastation, 6 and 7. Elisha and Samaria. 2 Kings chapter 6, 24 through 33. There was a famine in the land. It was so bad that the king had on sackcloth. They were boiling their children and eating them. Go back and read the text. It was horrendous. And as we're in the United States going through COVID, there are some people who are being blessed. I mean, they are experiencing highs. That was up 30,000, I think it was. Number just running last, just, just running. And then other people are losing everything they have. Different ends of the spectrum. And if you're not careful, wherever you are, you can go to the foreign land, even in prosperity. Here it is. Listen, listen. You got to be careful you don't allow the events of life to take you there. And Habakkuk in chapter 3, I like that text. Because Habakkuk, the book of Habakkuk, you got to understand, is a dialogue with God. Just like the Psalms. Habakkuk is expressing to God his disgust. He says, hey God, do you not see the wicked? You not see all this going on? What are you going to do? And then God tells him, Habakkuk, I see it. I saw it before you did. I knew it was coming. He said, I'm bringing in the Chaldeans, the Babylonians. And Habakkuk said, wait a minute. Are you going to judge the righteous with the wicked? He said, oh, yeah. He said, you're going to allow devastation to happen? God said, no doubt about it. Habakkuk come back in chapter 3. He says, though the stall be empty, though the tree don't bud, Though there's no figs on the vine, he said, I'm going to bless the God of my salvation. Y'all don't hear me this morning. Habakkuk said, I don't care how much economic devastation happened. He said, I'm going to give him praise. I'm going to glorify him. I'm going to magnify his name. I'm going to shout hallelujah to the lamb that was slain. He said, I'm going to serve my God. I refuse to go to the foreign land. Oh, I like this. Point number two, he says, how can we forget? First is how can we sing? But the real question is, how can we forget? Forget what? What are they saying? Look in Psalms 137 here, five and six, and we're going to be out of here. He says, if I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget her skill. May my tongue cling to the root of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. See, some of you are reading that text. I'm not, I'm not, what is he saying? Watch this. The reason that they are going to have to sing is because they begin to reminisce on Jerusalem. Jerusalem. So say, what, what, I don't get it. Why is that important? Though they're in Babylon, Jerusalem was the place where they were from, but Jerusalem was also the place where the temple was. Yeah, stay with me. Where the temple exists, they had the Ark of the Covenant. 
the Ark of the Covenant was where the temple is in Jerusalem represents the presence of God. Y'all don't hear me. The reason why they could begin to say we remember Jerusalem. We won't forget you, Zion, is because when they remember and begin to reflect back on Jerusalem, they have to remember the temple. And when they remember Jerusalem and they remember the temple, they have to remember the Ark of the Covenant. When they remember Jerusalem, they remember the temple, they remember the Ark, they have to remember that is where God dwells. That is where the presence of God is. And we remember who it was provided for us. They said, I remember the God that I serve. I remember when I would go up to the temple and I would sing the songs of Zion. I remember when I would go up and bring my offerings and I would bring the first fruits because God had blessed my crops. He had blessed my cattle. He had blessed my health. He had blessed my family. And I would go to the temple and offer sacrifice. So when I remember Jerusalem, I remember all the blessings of God and I remember what God has done for me. He said, that's why I can't forget because I remember all that God has done for me and my soul cries out to the God of my salvation. And that's why they say, oh, that's why you can sing. See, I want to tell you something. You, you, you can't, you, you can't stay in the foreign land. God's not going to let you. He loves you too much. I know you're there. I know right now your heart, your mind, your spirit is just not there. Can't sing, couldn't do the list. It's okay. It's okay. Don't feel bad. We've all been there, if we're honest. If anybody's been walking with the Lord for any period of time, God is guaranteed he's going to take you through a valley. He's going to have a cave with your name on it. He's going to have a role for you to run and try to flee. He's going to have a sea you're going to try to swim away from him on. He's going to have somewhere where you're going to say, Lord, have you forsaken me? But he also loves us so much that he touches us and calls us to remember Jerusalem. Oh, yes, he does. He does. The thing I love about our God is this, is that God is not like the Chinese government. God doesn't have a social credit score. Because if God had a social credit score, none of us would be able to get anything on credit. <laughs> it wouldn't be no 800s walking around here, baby. This morning, we would have been disqualified just trying to get to the, to the sanctuary. You don't have to say amen. I already know. I'm so glad that we have a God who take our sins and cast them as far as the east is from the west. We have a God who has atoned for all of our sins. He's covered them over. He has forgiven us because of his infinite love. And because God has done that, even though I might feel like I'm in a foreign land, even though I have hung my harp up, I'm going to find a way to give him thanks. I'm going to find a way to give him glory. I'm going to find a way to lift my hand. I'm going to cry out to him and call upon his name. I refuse to be silent. I'm going to enter his courts with thanksgiving. I'm going to enter his gates with praise. I'm going to magnify his name because he is worthy to be praised. 
Every now and then you've got to redirect your gaze. And I just want to encourage you this morning. Don't allow yourself to stay in that foreign land. Remember, it's not the soil. It's not geographical. It's your mind. Whatever your mind is taken, whatever your mind meditates upon and saturated with, that will determine the soil that you stand on. Our impact fact for today is this, and I want you to see it. Thanksgiving is not limited to the place of prosperity. It is a daily act of worship. There are going to be days that we're not going to feel so thankful. Moments, we're going to wonder, Lord, where are we? What is going on? But if you can cultivate a life of thanksgiving, and remember that God is truly the source of all of your blessings, God would take you out of your foreign land. Let us pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for today. We thank you for your mercy, for your grace, for your compassion, for your kindness. And Lord God, we just love you. Lord, I pray for the sheep of your pasture, your people. And I pray, Lord God, and ask that you bless, sustain, and keep. For those, Lord, who have been weeping, hung up their harp, and asking the rhetorical question, how can we sing? Let them know they just need to remember you. Lord God, for whatever you do, we will praise you and give you the glory and honor. We love you. We ask it all in the mighty, majestic name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Would you please stand to your feet this morning? If you're here this morning, you place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ alone. You haven't placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. Let me tell you something. Today will be a great day. Today will be a great day for you to say, Lord, I want to surrender my will in exchange for your will. And if you're here and you want to trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, please just step to the back of the church. If you're watching via live stream, you say, hey, I want to place my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, or you want to unite with Impact Church, or you want prayer, click the link below, follow the link, fill out the information somewhere from our staff, we'll contact you. We want to make certain we stay connected with you, but we want to connect with you. Second challenge, if you're here, you see, you know what? In the sanctuary, you say, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, but I just need someone to pray with me. I'm in a difficult season, and I want someone just to pray. If you want somebody to pray with you, please just step to the back of the church. If you want to trust Jesus Christ, step to the back of the church. And third and final challenge, if you're here and say, you know what? I want to unite with Impact Church and utilize my time, my talents, and treasures for the glory and honor of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If that is you, please step to the back of the church. Is there one this morning? Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Our Lord is here. He's a faithful God. He's a loving God. We thank you. We thank you. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Nobody like our God. Hey, if you're first time guest at Impact Church this morning, we want to thank you so much for being a first time guest. We're delighted you came to worship and be a part of our family. Uh, would you please step to the aisle and step to the back of the church? We have a gift for you. We want to spend just a couple of moments with you if you're a first time guest. Also online, if you're worshiping for the first time, please go to the link, fill it out. And we want to connect with you. We will make certain that we get you connected and we want to give you some information about our church. If you first time, guess we want to say thank you so much for being here this morning and we give God praise. Hey, Impact Church, please don't forget on Tuesday we have prayer at 6 and then at 7 we have our Bible study. We would love you to be a part of it. We have Zoom classes and we would love for you to participate with that. And everyone, don't forget we have a survey we want you to complete. If you would please do that survey for us, we want to know how we can make certain 
that we are moving in the right direction and getting people back into the sanctuary. We want your, your little ones here. We want them connected because we believe there's something unique when we gather together and worship around the word of God. And so we want to make sure you do this. So please fill that information out for us and we will be so thankful. Hey, let's close in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you again for this day. Sustain, keep us and guide us. And Lord God, for whatever you do, we will give you the glory. Now to him who's able to keep you from falling, present you spotless before his glorious throne to the only wise God, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forevermore. Amen. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you so much for your presence.